Deutsche Welle. Learning by ear. Listen up. Shape your future. Hey Alphonse. Hey everyone. Hello Philomen. Welcome to our Learning by Ear series devoted to civil society and participation. Today we are going to talk about artists who are politically active in society. Those who feel it's their duty to work towards a better world. It's true that it would be a shame if artists don't make the most of their popularity. They can reach so many people and generally because they are independent, they don't have to worry about their careers. Artists and athletes often stand up for the weakest in society and against social injustice, especially musicians. That's why we are going straight to Dakar in Senegal to meet a few rappers who are visiting a local children's center. We've come today to see the children who are here and figure out what we can do. We're going to give them some potopoto CDs that they can sell. We means the Senegalese rapper Didier Awadi and other African musicians who are paying a visit to the Empire, a former cinema in Dakar which has been transformed into a center for children. Children who could be those street kids in the fictive place that the rappers have created in their songs, the Porto Porto Market. Antambo is the director of the children's empire. Nearly all the children here have never been to school and today they are singing in French because you can sing without understanding, and then we explain. They are singing about their own life now. You heard that they often say home. They are sick of it here, and they want to go home. They don't have anything, especially not love, and they should not be on the streets. The children are 15 years old in average. The center can house up to 150 children, providing them with the opportunity to take up leisure activities or receive vocational training. And Tambo explains how the center tries to bring the children forward in life. There are some children who have registered with the school after having had some problems at school. There are some older children who are training for various professions. There are children who like sports, and we support that. But we encourage them to learn other skills too. Or at least, they have to know how to communicate. So we also have literacy courses. There's an art and sculpture studio where the children do a lot of painting, and they like telling stories about themselves that way. There's also a pottery studio, an audiovisual unit where we trained up to young cameramen. And one of them is training father with one of our partners. Partners are important for this kind of project because the public authorities do not always support such projects. The Empire's partners include charitable organizations, private individuals, and artists, for instance. Rap has a long history of social and political commitment. It came out of the American ghettos, speaking out against social injustice. This is the message Aura wants to transmit. Aura, which stands for United Artists for African Rap, brings together about 15 African rappers from roughly 10 countries. The selection criteria was simple, as Didier Awadi explains. <laughs> 
It was a question of affinities. We looked for people in other countries who were already active and were sincere about their work. That's all. Aura's first project is a concept album called The Extraordinary Stories of the Porto Porto Children, a musical journey into the reality of Africa's cities. It's about a few children of very different backgrounds who hang about at a market. There are girls who've been prostitutes and children who've been child soldiers, others who've been beaten up and others who are forced into marriage. They have all gone through a drama and they escaped to Potopoto Market. Basically, we're trying to represent all the children that are seen in the streets of Africa to describe what they often go through so that anyone who hears the album will change his or her opinion about street children. Many of the children of the empire don't know what it means to work for themselves, for their own purposes. The director, Antambo, doesn't stop telling them. Life is not about being exploited the whole day long, begging on the street for the pleasure of one sick man. Half of them, and that's a lot of children, are from certain bad Quran schools, but there are some very good ones. Child trafficking, sometimes disguised as something else, has brought a huge amount of teenagers from the sub-region to the cities. Many end up in the capital, Dakar. They are as diverse as the members of the Aura Collective, to which DJ Dumar from the Malian group Tata Pound belongs. The future of a nation depends on its youth. We see lots of children in lots of places, in lots of African countries, who are not aware of their rights. They live on the margins of society, in very difficult conditions. I have called for government structures to make this matter a priority and to support centers such as this which give shelter to abandoned children. But the success of the center depends on funds and Director Antembo is sure that there is nothing better than the active commitment of an artist to attract the attention of potential donors who might support the center with financial or material help such as giving literacy lessons, for example. I think they can transmit important messages, and I think they provide great means of communication. They can transmit messages and say things that children will hear and understand. Maybe then they will lead a more normal life. I believe in artists. Je crois aux artistes. Ah, these musicians, I am so smitten. Yes, but remember, they're not all defending a good cause. Yeah, okay, but just one really committed musician is enough to gather lots of others, like Bob Geldof, for example, when he organized Live Aid in 1985. He wasn't the first one, though. The first person to organize a humanitarian concert was George Harrison from the Beatles. He took up an idea of Ravi Shankar's The Indian Vatuso and gathered stars in New York. They made millions of dollars for Bangladesh, but Live Aid had more impact. It's true. Well, that's normal because it was the biggest concert ever and got huge media attention. Imagine, 16 hours of concerts in Europe and in the United States bringing together 72,000 spectators in London. 
90,000 in Philadelphia, not forgetting the 1.5 billion across the world who watch the television broadcast. Well, I think that's when it became clear what impact rock and pop stars could have. Live Aid, which is organized to fight famine in Africa, inspired several more such events, which are now almost non-stop. Oh, don't exaggerate, Alphonse. There aren't that many. Well, do you think I'm making it up? I've conducted some research, you know. In 1988, Amnesty International organized the world tour to promote the Declaration of Human Rights. Ten years later, in 1998, Pavarotti, the Italian tenor, and his friends held a concert for the victims of the war in Liberia. Then in 2001, there was a solidarity concert after the terrorist attacks in the U.S. Then, in 2003, there was a performance for HIV and AIDS sufferers, and Nelson Mandela was the patron. There were hundreds of galas for the victims of the Asian tsunami. Okay, okay, jeez. But you know, Alphonse, sometimes I wonder if they really change the way people think. I mean, money is made for the short-term needs of the victims, or poor, but in the end, the fundamental problems remain. You're right. And actually, 20 years after Live Aid, Bob Geldof embarked on another such event. But he drew less attention this time. Today, he and other artists are calling not for charity, but for justice. You've just heard a learning by ear program on the subject of civil society and political commitment. Today, we talked about artists who engage themselves for the society. To listen to the program again or to send us your feedback, go to www.dw-world.de slash lbe. Thanks for being with us and don't forget to tune in again next time. <laughs>